0: Hi everyone. I would like to start today's episode by saying that you have to use your voice. If you have a voice, use it. Speak up, speak louder, and write. Write in confident words. Express yourself. Let your opinions be known. Share your ideas with the world. Let people know what you stand for, what you believe in. I do that, my friends. And you know that I do that pretty strongly and quite frequently. In fact, I do that all the time and I'm doing it right now. I am using my voice. No one can take your voice away. No one can stop you from speaking. No one can stand in your path as long as you're doing what is right and as long as you're being a fair, honest human being. Your voice is yours and no one can take that away from you. I want to be transparent. I want the world to know who I am. I want people to know what I stand for, what I believe in. And as long as I have a voice, I will use the voice. It is my freedom and I cherish this freedom. Thank you all for continuing to listen to my podcast. I'm back with a new episode and I really am grateful uh that you all are staying connected with me. I want to share with you some news updates. There was a straw poll at CPAC and CPAC uh stands for Conservative Political Action Conference. A much awaited straw poll. Uh and the results are here. And who do you think won? Can you guess? Maybe you've already seen in the news. But let me share with you uh the results and some of my observations but first let me tell you that a lot can change between now and next year the results now may not reflect what things will be like in the future however the results are important because they show who has the momentum right now Donald Trump according to the poll results um, and this is for the presidential poll. Donald Trump is at 62% support. I think that is, that, that is tremendous when you think about, uh, I mean, this is, this is overwhelming majority. So President Trump at CPAC, based on the straw poll results, he's at 62%. Governor Ron DeSantis is at 20%, and they are the top two vote-getters in the poll. Now let's talk about the vice presidential side. On the VP side, it was Carrie Lake from Arizona. She recently ran for the governor's office in Arizona, and she got 20% um, at, at CPAC uh, based on the poll results. She, she got 20% support and after that the second person uh, got 14% of support and that's Governor Ron DeSantis so on the presidential side Governor Ron DeSantis got 20% and on the vice presidential side Governor Ron DeSantis got 14% so he was at number 2 on the presidential side number 2 on the vice presidential side and This is based on more than 2,000 attendees who completed the poll. What is very interesting is that Governor DeSantis came in second in the poll for president and also came in second for the poll for vice president. And here is my interpretation of what's going on here. I think those who are voting for Governor DeSantis for vice president, I think those poll respondents would actually like to see a Trump-DeSantis ticket. I think, and I may be wrong, but I think those who are voting for Ron DeSantis um, for, for vice president would actually like to see a Donald Trump-Ron DeSantis ticket. So Donald Trump running for president, Ron DeSantis running for vice president. I think that's the ticket that a lot of people are hoping for. Now, whether or not that will end up happening, I do not know. But based on what I saw, based on the CPAC poll results, that's my observation. I think that's what some people have in mind. There are obviously lots of other names out there, and some have declared their candidacy, others have not. But it seems that the attention overwhelmingly right now is on Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. President Trump and Governor DeSantis. What's also interesting is that both are uh, both are from Florida. All eyes are on Florida right now. President Trump obviously used to live in New York and um, a few years ago he moved to Florida and that's that's where his home is right now. So all eyes on Florida, Obviously, things can change in matter of days and weeks and definitely in matter of months. And if you remember 2015 and 2016, you know that things can change and things can change really fast. The election, the one in 2024, will perhaps be the most important election in our lifetime. Now, some might comment that people always say that before any election. It seemed that 2016 the presidential election in 2016 was the most important election of our lifetime and then before the 2020 election uh, many people said that this would be the most important election of our lifetime and here we are approaching 2024 and many people feel that the 2024 presidential election will probably be the most important election of our lifetime the key takeaway from all this The key takeaway is that whatever is in front of us happens to be the most important thing. And that is true. 2016 was overwhelmingly a victory for conservatives like me. And then 2020 was an opportunity to make sure that we continue to remain strong by having a Republican in the White House. Um, But that did not happen. And so 2024 seems to be an opportunity to once again... Witness a Republican winning the presidency. As a conservative, that is what I'm hoping for. That is what I'm praying for. I would like to see a solid Republican win the presidency, win the election in November 2024, and then go on to become the president in January of 2025. But it's not just the presidential election that matters there are many other elections that matter a lot elections for state level offices as well as elections for local offices those are extremely important as well here in Wisconsin in the spring election which is on April 4th there are races for various offices across the state local offices but there are also there's also the election for the Wisconsin Supreme Court, the race for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. That is a statewide race here in Wisconsin. And that's the one I'm paying the most attention to right now because the control of the Wisconsin Supreme Court will be decided by who wins that election. On one hand, we have a conservative back candidate, Daniel Kelly, who previously served on the Supreme Court, on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And on the other hand, there is a liberal-backed candidate. And I'm going to vote for Justice Dan Kelly. I first met him years ago when he was appointed to the Wisconsin Supreme Court by Governor Scott Walker. And all I can say is that I would like to see Dan Kelly get elected to the court this April. If the liberal-backed candidate wins... Then the court will become a liberal majority, and that is something that conservatives do not want to see happen. I am a strong supporter of Justice Dan Kelly, and I'm hoping and praying that he wins in April. Wisconsin is a state that no political party can take for granted. We have had overwhelming Republican victories in this state over the years. And then there were also major Democrat victories. And so Wisconsin is truly what people call a purple state. state, A purple state. And so before any major presidential election, before any presidential election, Wisconsin is called a battleground state. And so I think 2024 will be exciting. And the months leading up to November 2024 will be very, very exciting. So now, my friends, let me ask you a question. Who do you think will be the Republican nominee for the President of the United States? I know it's probably too early to tell. We still have a long way to go. But I want to hear your thoughts. Who do you think will be the Republican nominee for the President of the United States? Share with me your thoughts and comments. And also, um, I want to add another question to this. Also, who should your preferred presidential nominee pick as the running mate? So first tell me who you think will be the Republican nominee for the President of the United States and then who uh, do you think should be The running mate, um, who should be the uh, vice presidential nominee. So, share with me your thoughts by sending me a message or by leaving a comment. You can connect with me through my website, which is tossifanam.net. Let us now talk about train derailment. Train derailment, okay? I did talk about train derailment in the previous episode. And shockingly, I just found out from the news on Saturday night, there was another train derailment in Ohio. And that is on March 4th, 2023, there was a train derailment in Clark County, Ohio. One train derailment after another. As an American, I am extremely concerned. Why are all these train derailments happening? In this day and age, why can't there be stronger measures to ensure that trains do not get derailed? We can send astronauts to outer space using advanced technology and also bring them back home safely. We can do so many great things with the latest technology that we have. But here on Earth, here in the United States, we see trains getting derailed one after another. This is shocking. People who live near a railway track, those people are probably very scared right now. Health and safety come first. And to ensure the health and safety of people living near railway tracks, there must be strong measures. uh, there, There must be strong measures in place to avoid train derailments. I am not an engineer. Otherwise, I'm sure I'd be working hard to find out how can we improve the safety and security of trains. Are there any engineers out there listening to this podcast episode right now? Anyone with knowledge of trains and how trains operate? Maybe you can share with me your thoughts on this issue. So connect with me. Send me a message. Once again, my website is tosifanam.net. Okay, friends. Let's now talk about something else. Something that's very important. Something that you may have heard about or perhaps you did not hear about. um, But I will mention this very important issue that uh, I think we must pay attention to. There is an ongoing campaign to have an east to have an eastern part of rural Oregon, the state of Oregon, secede from the state and join the neighboring state of Idaho. This is very interesting. This campaign. There's this campaign going on right now and I'm I'm repeating there's this campaign going on right now to have an eastern part of rural Oregon secede from the state and join the neighboring state of Idaho. Now, why is this campaign going on, you may ask? Let me explain. Oregon is predominantly a liberal state, which is also known as a blue state. And Idaho, on the other hand, is a conservative state. So this chunk of rural Oregon on the eastern side so the eastern part of Oregon wants to join the neighboring conservative state of Idaho this is very interesting as i said you know people should not th- people should not take this lightly this is a this is a very serious matter this is an extremely important issue because this movement known as the greater Idaho movement actually reveals the frustration that many conservative people feel in states that are overwhelmingly liberal. And it's not just about the differences in political views. It's more about, more about the impact that those liberal views have on policies and how those policies affect the lives of people living within a political territory. The Greater Idaho Movement, based on what I've read, aims to include 13 Oregon counties within Idaho's borders. That is, according to the news report that I read, 9% of the state's population and 63% of the state's landmass. If this movement is successful, if eastern Oregon is really incorporated into Idaho, if the border is really moved, if Idaho really gains these counties of eastern Oregon, this would be a major, major development, major issue. I, I don't even know how to describe it, what the right words would be, but all I can say is that it would be a major political event in the United States. Obviously, Something like this can't happen overnight and some say that this would be impossible. But I'm not a lawyer, so I am not going to comment on the legal aspects of such a proposal or such a movement. But there are really two ways of looking at it. On one hand, there are the practical political legal issues surrounding this movement. Can this movement accomplish what it seeks to accomplish? That's one question, and I don't know the answer. But the other way to look at it is, these people who wish their counties to secede from Oregon and become part of Idaho are, these people are essentially in their hearts and minds already a part of Idaho. By starting this movement, the Greater Idaho Movement, These Oregon residents have already expressed that they want to be a part of Idaho. So in their hearts and minds, they are already a part of Idaho. Through this movement, the people are saying that they wish to reject Oregon residency. The people are expressing that they wish to have no affiliation with the liberal policies of Oregon. The people are rejecting the liberal policies of Oregon and they are expressing that they do not want to be a part of a state that is so overwhelmingly liberal. What the people want is to be a part of a more conservative, more reasonable Idaho. I do not know what the outcome of this movement will be There are complex laws and rules that may stop this movement or perhaps there is a way forward for eastern Oregon to become a part of Idaho. I do not know what will happen. But I know that the movement itself shows that people are looking for ways to escape the liberal stronghold of Oregon for a more peaceful life in the state of Idaho. This greater Idaho movement is sending a message. And so the bigger question is, is this movement the start of a new trend? Will there be other communities in other states that would want to see boundaries moved or redrawn? Would Will will there be other communities that would want to leave one state and become part of a neighboring state? Is the Greater Idaho Movement the first movement out of many movements to come where we might see similar initiatives? Well, I don't know the answer. We will have to wait and see. Friends, there are lots of things going on in the world right now. Lots of things going on in the United States. Lots going on in our cities and villages, in our neighborhoods. And as Americans, I think it is important that we pay attention. We have to pay attention to what's going on in our neighborhoods, in our cities and villages, in our state, in our country. And in fact... We have to pay attention to what's going on in the world. And as Americans, we must take action to make our communities safe, to make sure that in our communities people can live peaceful lives, strong neighborhoods, safe neighborhoods, wonderful communities. That's what Americans deserve. And we must be informed individuals. There are many challenges that we face. Economic challenges, public safety challenges, many challenges that we face. And I have talked about many of these issues in previous podcast episodes. I've talked about inflation. I've talked about border crisis. I have talked about many other things. But as hardworking Americans, we have to do everything we can to ensure that our families, our neighbors, our friends, and our community members can live in a peaceful environment. And for that, we have to be knowledgeable individuals. We have to pay attention to what's going on around us. I want to thank you all for listening to my podcast. And I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the words of encouragement that I get from my listeners. Um, please continue to stay connected with me. Uh, you can always check out my website, tossifanam.net and in that website not only will you find information about my podcast but you will also find uh, l- links to my blog posts and also there's a section called Published Opinions in which I have listed uh, various letters to editors and op-eds that I have written that were published. And so you can find out more information about the things I have written in the past. And um, you can also find information about uh, my poetry books and you can uh, read my bio, learn more about me. You can send me a message. You can connect with me on uh, social media and one thing i will uh i would like to mention and that is if you like listening to my podcast please give me a review i love um uh hearing from my listeners let me know uh what you think of my podcast if you have ideas you want to share uh please get in touch with me and with that i will end this episode it's always a pleasure um recording a new episode and publishing it and uh, and and uh, and and finding out that people are listening and people are paying attention to my uh, to my views and opinions and everything else that I'm sharing through these episodes so thank you once again I hope to be back with a new episode of explore and engage with anam.